Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today, we have the after story. We're checking back in with Kelly Kilmartin. Last time we spoke, she told us about her work in biotech, meeting her contractor husband on Bumble, and their plans for an unmedicated hospital birth. Kelly Kilmartin, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me back. And I should say congratulations. Thank you. You're a mom. I am a mom. Best job uh, I've ever had. Oh, well, that's good compared <laughs> to biotech. I love it. How old is your baby today? Um, A week and three days. <laughs> okay, so about a 10-day-old. 10 days. <laughs> Let's jump right into it. Last time I saw you, you were, I don't know, at least 39 weeks. Yes, I was. How was the last couple of days, weeks of your pregnancy? Um, it was not so bad. I think towards the end, it was more mental than physical for me that I was just waiting and had no idea when the baby would come. And it's kind of a lesson in letting go of control, which (laughs) I've had to do a lot of lately. I bet. And when you say mental, just the uncertainty, the... Yeah, the the uncertainty really gets to me, um, not knowing. And just kind of sitting, I had stopped working because my brain wasn't working properly anymore. (laughs) But, um, you know, just sitting around kind of trying to take it easy, resting, waiting for the baby, just get in your head a lot. So that was kind of where I was at in the final days. And I went for a massage the day after my due date. So I was due and, you know, kind of every day past the dates. And the due date passed and I was thinking like, I wonder how late I'm going to go, you know? And I went and got a massage that day after my due date. And she was like, I can hit on your induction points if you'd like me to. And I said, yeah, I think I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. So I was starting to, you know, think about those things like, what can I do to induce, but not actually induce, just do it naturally without having to end up going in to get induced. Just as a recap, you switched in the middle of your pregnancy from obstetric care to midwife care, yeah. midwifery, with midwives that deliver at home or at a hospital. Your plan was for hospital. Yeah. Okay. Were there other things that you did besides the induction point massage um, to try to get the birth ball rolling? I had Jeff, my husband, you know, hitting the points on the feet that they say will induce. I ate lots of pineapple. I was eating lots of dates kind of leading up to the end of the pregnancy just to soften the cervix. Do you like dates? Or do you normally eat dates? I don't normally eat them now. So this is like a, a deliberate effort. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of deliberate things going on at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on lots of walks and... Just tried to, you know, keep my body moving as much as I could in those final days. And were you um, comfortable physically walking? I was. I was slow, <laughs> definitely slow, but you know, more comfortable than I think a lot of people are in the end. I I felt kind of blessed. But my discomfort usually came with sleep and in the night. Moving around during the day wasn't as bad for me unless it was all day. And nighttime, um, like the part of you that's pushing into the bed. Yeah, my hips were sore. I had a lot of pubic pain um, in the night with movement and just switching sides and getting out of bed. 
and you know you have to get out of bed a lot when you're peeing every five minutes so. yeah otherwise it gets really uncomfortably wet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so actually, you feel like those things help get the situation going um i think that the massage with the induction points was what did it okay but, yeah so I went on the day after my due date and got the massage. She'd been somebody I'd been seeing for prenatal massage a couple times throughout the pregnancy, and she was wonderful. And she always helped my body feel better. And I had no idea she could do induction massage, but it just so happened that she said it had worked with others. And it happened to be the day after my due date. And I said, yeah, let's try it. I'll try anything at this point. I mean, I just love for you to describe what's different about induction massage i didn't know what was different to be honest intention somebody said um what were the points and i said i don't know because it just felt like a normal massage but she just must have been hitting certain points while massaging that i didn't know where the points but it felt great (laughs) good that's important and actually that night my water broke so i think it worked (laughs) wow what time of night um, it was about 9.45 when my water broke. I was getting ready for bed in the bathroom, and I was kind of bending over, trying to get something out of the cabinet beneath the sink, and I just felt it kind of pop. Oh, <laughs> and, did um, you hear a pop? I don't think I heard you it. You felt a pop. Yeah, I like, felt like something broke in me, <laughs> and then the gush of water. And I said, uh, Jeff, my water. And he was like, what? Like, thinking... I needed him to get me water. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was Clean like, up oh, aisle 12, Jeff. <laughs> my water just broke. And then, you know, from there on, I soon after started having contractions. We called the midwives right away and they hadn't started yet, but we got in a call with Lilith, one of our midwives, and she kind of talked to me through what we should do at that point. And, you know, I had read a million things and learned a million things, but in the moment, you kind of forget everything. Like, forget what should I do? <laughs> yeah. uh, what did they recommend at that point? At that point, she just said, now's the time to get some rest. Try and sleep through the night. I hadn't started having contractions yet when we called because we called immediately. But she was like, they'll probably come on or they might not. But at least try and get in bed and get some rest while you can now. And if you can eat something and kind of just take it easy for the night, then we can reconnect in the morning. And I actually had an appointment scheduled with her the next morning. So she said, we'll see how it goes if you come here or not in the morning, but try and just rest through the night. So that's what we did. Rested through the night. So when your contractions started, were they uncomfortable? Were they familiar? In the beginning, it was definitely not familiar you know, I had heard people compare it to period cramps. I guess I could in the very beginning compare it to that, but it wasn't long that it switched to being a lot more intense than a period cramp to me. Intense meaning uh, like on a scale of one to 10, more discomfort and pain or pressure? Yeah, it was or... discomfort. It wasn't so much pain at this point. You know, in between, I could rest a little bit, but I was definitely awake for every single one of them, but just discomfort. And I wanted Jeff to sleep at this point. So I was just kind of laying in bed, trying to quietly take them on myself. And I could feel them kind of getting close together through the night, but it wasn't anything that I couldn't manage. 
and handle. And I was just trying to get through the night when morning would come and Jeff would be awake and we could kind of take things on together. Was your appointment with the midwife at your home or at their office? Or It was at their office, okay, which so is you... about an hour from where we live. Right. So you have to get through the whole night, then get in the car, drive yeah. for an hour. That's what you're looking at at this yeah. point. That's what we were looking at. In your mind, are you excited during these contractions? I was excited that things were happening and what? also there... just sort of scared, I think, because I didn't scared. know exactly. Scared of the what... unknown? Yeah, of the unknown, because I didn't know exactly how things would look and how they would progress. And that's hard for me. <laughs> okay. I feel like the unknown is a good time to take a little break. Okay. And we'll come back and we'll find out what happened. And okay. it will be known. We'll be right back. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin. And I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Back to Kelly. So your water breaks around 9.45 p.m. You're having contractions at first like period cramps, then a bit more intense than period cramps. Mm -hmm. But you want Jeff to sleep. So you're weathering them on your own, trying mm -hmm. to make it to morning when you hop in the car and go see the midwife. Is that what actually happens? So we made it to morning. We had an early appointment scheduled and we did not go for that appointment. So we stayed at home a bit longer. But when morning came, I think I ended up kind of shaking Jeff around seven and just said, you know, I've been having contractions all night. Like this is really happening now and they're getting really close together. I can feel that they're close together. I had an app where I was kind of timing them and they did seem to be a lot more intense and a lot closer together. And I said, I think this baby's going to come really fast. Okay. And Jeff said, okay, okay. Like, what do we do? Like, I'm going to pack the car. And he got everything ready. We had, you know, a bag packed with snacks. He made me oatmeal and had me eat something. And we were just trying to do all the things that we had learned throughout the pregnancy that we would do when this moment happened in more of a frantic fashion than probably <laughs> what we would have imagined. But he packed up the car and he brought our comforter and kind of laid it down in the backseat of the car for me to kind of sit on throughout the drive that was about to be an hour ahead of us maybe even more time was all warped for me so I don't remember all the timing of everything but I remember the car ride feeling very very long so we left the house around I would say 8 30 and headed towards the midwife's office and I just kind of moved positions around in the back seat the whole way just having contractions and Jeff calmly got us to our destination. <laughs> uh, did you feel like the surges were still picking up, intensifying on the car ride? 
I did. I was convinced that the baby was going to come by noon at this point. They were so close together. Were you feeling other things like lower body pressure? No, I wasn't. So you're basing it on the contraction pattern. I was basing it on contractions alone. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, And maybe some wishful thinking. Who knows? Yeah, I'm wishful thinking (laughs) for sure. What time did you get to the midwives? We got there around 930. Uh, Naomi was there and she was seeing patients. So we went into the office and just kind of waited and she came in a little while later and she was like, yeah, it seems like you're definitely having this baby today. Just by the way that things were kind of looking and feeling for me. So she checked me at the office and she gave me the news that I was only one centimeter dilated at that point in time. I was convinced that she was going to be like, okay, time to go to the hospital. Yeah, we don't have time. Just go right now. Push. Uh, okay, one centimeter dilated. Well, you know, it's only nine to go. That's yeah. Like um, that the cervix is very soft, but okay. that I wasn't dilated. So that was kind of a bummer at that point in time because I was convinced that I was much further along. Um, now you're like an hour away from home. Yeah, now I'm an hour away from home. And I know that I'm not going to go back to home. And we had in our plan that we may labor at a nearby hotel to the hospital. So that was what we were figuring out at this point in time. Jeff started calling the hotel that we had in mind and uh, making a reservation. And we just sat at the office and we were laboring there for a while. And Naomi would come in and check on me and help me with different positions and sitting in different positions. She'd put her hands on my hips and help me with the contractions for a little while. And we were there for a couple of hours. Just, I wasn't ready to transition again at that point. So she let us kind of hang out and see how things progressed. And Jeff, in the meantime, made a reservation at a nearby hotel. And when I was finally ready, we did move to the hotel. At this point, um, are there things that are helpful, like the different positions? Did anything yeah. feel particularly better than other things? My hands and knees felt better. Um, okay. I definitely was gravitating towards being on my hands and knees at that point, moving around, side-lying, and definitely having somebody to physically push my hips together, which was something that... double hip squeeze. <laughs> yeah. That was really helpful for me. So. At that point in time, Jeff and I obviously were new to the whole process and we had a doula that we were planning to work with. And then in the weeks leading up to my delivery, I kind of decided I wanted to keep it more intimate. So we had told the doula that we were working with that we were just going to do the birth without her. But on the day that we were in Naomi's office, it was sort of clear that we needed a little bit more support. And I didn't really want to leave her office and I didn't want us to be alone at the hotel. And Naomi said, you know, I, I can look for a doula to come with you and be more support for you until things kind of move along. And it just so happened that her assistant was there in the office, Melissa, and she had all of the training. Wow. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it was like divine timing. Well, Melissa came with you to the hotel. She did. She ended up coming with us. She brought us food and showed up shortly after us. And she was 
everything to me <laughs> that day. She helped me through every single contraction. She knew different techniques to help me try and move the baby down. She walked me through the miles circuit, which was 30 minutes in three different positions that would hopefully help the baby come down and get in the right position to progress me. Because at this point, when we got to the hotel, the contractions were getting much further and further apart. And I don't know. Oh. Yeah. It was very discouraging. Slowing Um, down. Slowed down by a lot. So some of the contractions were like eight or nine minutes apart. And then they'd go to six and then they'd slow down again. And there was no real rhyme or reason to them at this point. But we knew that I wasn't progressing. So we labored there until about 9 p.m. when Naomi came to check me again. So we were there for hours and I just was sort of going backwards, even though we were doing all different things to try and get the baby down. I would go sit on the toilet a lot. That helped me to kind of have a contraction on my own. It was almost like every time I sat on the toilet, a contraction came and I could get myself through it. And that felt good to me. I had heard a lot of people's stories that the toilet was a place that was comfortable for them. So I retreated to it and it was that way for me too. But, you know, Melissa would have me come off the toilet, go on the bed, do hands and knees or sideline. She had a peanut kind of birth ball that I would use for sideline. But none of it seemed to progress me. Naomi came around 9 p.m. And at this point, my water had been broken for about 24 hours. hours. Yeah. So obviously concerning to the overseeing OB that we had that would be seeing me at the hospital when I came. And he was sort of encouraging us to come into the hospital at that point in time. So Naomi did come. She did not check me manually because the oh, water had broke. Yeah, the water was broken. So risk for infection. So she was trying to minimize how many times she checked me. And it was very clear that I was not progressed to the point where she needed to. So did he want you to come in for augmentation? Just to be there, I think, at that point in time. He, okay. He, and it was just kind of an encouragement. It wasn't, let's get her here now. Well, but, just for closer monitoring, I guess. And Yeah, closer monitoring, I think, it just would make him feel more comfortable that I was there. And Naomi kind of talked me through what the options were at this point. I had been laboring for the 24 hours, and I was exhausted. <laughs> And, you know, in all the different positions, it was easier for me to move around a lot in the beginning. And now I was slowing down and the standing positions were getting harder for me. I just had very little energy and I, throughout the day, had eaten very, very little, just enough to kind of keep myself going, but I had no interest in any food. So I was definitely losing steam and she laid out some options for me. You know, if I go to the hospital, there's the option for medication to help me sleep through the night or, you know, start progressing me. And at that point, I was still sort of trying to push for having zero medication, but it was becoming more of a reality that that might be necessary just so that I could move things along. It had been so long and the water was broken. So it was a concern for infection. So. We did end up moving to the hospital around 10 p.m. And, you know, I had heard a lot that 
the transition to the hospital can be hard for people and make things slow down. And, you know, it's an uptight environment for somebody who's not really wanting to be in the hospital. But for me, it actually made me feel so much more comfortable. And I think it was because I was in my final place. You know, I didn't have to transition anymore because we had been home and then to the office and then to the And those transitions were all scary for me because I didn't want to be, you know, checking into the hotel and having contraction in the lobby, you know, like it was all very uncomfortable. Settling um, to you to be where you would be. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I was happy. And a surprise, and, a happy surprise for you. Yeah. You know, we got a beautiful labor room, labor and delivery room, and I settled in. And at that point, you know, we met the nurse who would be on for the night, who was close with Naomi. And that made me feel really comfortable. We had really great care in the hospital. And I opened up to the idea of doing something so I could get some rest. Because what did I, you do? <laughs> so at first, I was still trying to resist an epidural. And they gave me an IV medication that would hopefully take the edge off of the contractions and allow me to sleep for the night. Mm-hmm. And it did not do that. It actually, such luck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you had a hyper reaction to it? No, it made me loopy and the contractions were still just as intense as um, they had been. So no therapeutic you know, rest for you. Yeah. Around 2 AM, I finally gave in to getting an epidural and Pitocin so that I could move things along. And Were you that, able to sleep once you got the epidural? Yes, I slept okay. hard and okay. through the night, <laughs> and I didn't feel any contractions after that. So, you know, I was looking back at those twenty-eight hours that I went feeling every single thing, and at that point had submitted to an epidural and thinking, you know, I could have done this so much earlier, but you know, I had a rigid plan in my head, and I knew rigidity was not something that was welcome in a birth plan but you know you get kind of stuck on what you think could be right for you but in this moment I knew that I needed something to help me rest and that I needed to move things along I'll be mad at myself if I didn't share with you my thoughts on a birth plan (laughs) go for it which is that to me a birth plan is a flow chart and Mm -hmm. on page one of your flow chart you'll have the most natural birth that you can picture yourself wanting to try to experience. Mm -hmm. For some people, that's in a field squatting and eating strawberries. Mm -hmm. For other people, it's at home without a midwife or with a midwife or at a birth center. For other people, it's at a hospital with a midwife or an OB, vaginally, medicated, unmedicated, surgically. Everybody's got a different starting point. Like, that's the most natural they want to be. But that's just page one of a flowchart, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes before you even get to labor, something will come up. There'll be a placenta previa or a breech baby or some kind of infection. And you don't even get to start on page one. You go to right. the next page and the next page. And eventually... You know, all the interventions are welcome because you're taking a detour. The road you wanted to go down as your primary choice is closed off. And so you take a different road to get to the same destination. It sounds like that's what's happening to you. I usually tell people that during pregnancy, but maybe I failed you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like it though. <clears throat> I think, you know, just that being open and that it's okay when things take a different turn. And I think, you know, in my before story, when we were talking, it's clear that I always knew that these options were on the table and I'm sort of open to both. I have the side of me that wanted to be in the hospital and that felt really comfortable when I got to the hospital, you know, and there's also the side of me that would have loved to be at home, you know, in a tub doing it naturally. But I do know myself and I think that when it came down to it, the plan for the most natural way just wasn't the safest way to go at a certain point. And I always knew that I would do whatever was the right and safe thing to do for the baby. On that um, note, let's take a little break <laughs> and then come back and find out the rest of the story. Welcome back to the podcast. We're talking to Kelly, who uh, had a plan for unmedicated birth at the hospital with midwives. And then as things unfolded, 24 hours went by with the membranes ruptured, kind of gets the doctors nervous about infection. And you bounced around from place to place, contracting at home, contracting at your midwife, contracting at a hotel, and now contracting in a hospital. Pleasant surprise for you at the hospital. You didn't feel more nervous, scared, or uncomfortable. You actually felt relaxed and you had a very supportive labor staff so mm -hmm. um you had also been pretty exhausted so you tried to do therapeutic rest medication in the IV that helps you relax and maybe not feel the full intensity of your surges that wasn't for you you got an epidural you got pitocin and you got a hard sleep mm -hmm. what Thank happens goodness. next <laughs> Um, Naomi came to check me around 7 a.m. after my hard sleep um, from about probably three on or two on. And she came to check me. And at that point, I was seven centimeters. So finally, Exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was the best news ever. And she said, this is great, you know, and asked me, am I feeling any contractions? And she could see them happening. And I said, I don't feel them. I don't feel anything. And, you know, that kind of changed as we got closer and closer to me being fully dilated. I felt a little bit more, but it was, you know, still very comfortable and a lot different from when I was without the medication. So she checked me at seven, she checked me again at nine, and I was still seven centimeters. And then by noon, I was fully dilated. So we were kind of prepping for pushing around noon. Jeff was taking a nap on the little couch, <laughs> and Naomi was kind of getting herself prepped and getting all the things that she needed and the staff had changed at this point we had a new nurse and she was wonderful as well and our doula Melissa was back and she came back early in the morning with breakfast and she kind of stuck around and you know having the birth team that I had that day it was unbelievable I think when it came time to actually start pushing they all, I had Naomi, Melissa, my doula, and then the nurse and my husband, Jeff. And it was the most incredible birth team to help me through 
what would be three hours of pushing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Three hours of pushing. I mean, you said you were starting to feel things more. I was, and they actually came back and gave me a booster of the epidural to get me through the pushing because I was starting to feel things pretty strongly right before I had to start pushing. So three hours is a long time to push. <laughs> did, did you sense the three hours going by? Sometimes time no, is weird. I didn't. I didn't sense it at all. Actually, I had no idea. It felt like it could have been 10 minutes and it felt like it could have been six hours. I had no idea, but <laughs> my husband Jeff, he'd be like, you're doing great, honey. It's already been an hour. And I was like, what? It's been an hour? Don't tell me time. Please don't tell me time. <laughs> but he and Melissa and our nurse, they would like hold me and help support my legs in different positions. And I moved around to different positions for pushing. So I was coached to kind of lay on my side and then move to the center and I tried hands and knees that didn't really work well for me and then moved to the other side so Naomi had me kind of going back side to side so that I wasn't just in one position the whole time um, with that longer pushing phase was there a concern ever that maybe it's not coming out not that anybody told me which I think was it. good <laughs> I didn't have the concern myself. You know, the whole labor, I was just sort of like in the moment. And, you know, like you said, time is warped. And I sort of just took things as they came. If somebody told me I was going to labor for 28 hours with no medication, I would have looked at things a lot differently if I was told that ahead of time, you know. And if somebody told me I was going to push for three hours, I would have been scared, you know. But in the moment, I was just taking it on as it came, and it was fine. I just kind of powered through whatever. But I remember in the beginning of pushing, I was a little bit scared, and I wanted to take a contraction to push and then breathe through a contraction instead of using every contraction. And then as time went on, there was no question I needed to push with every contraction. I had that urge, and it just... Oh, you felt the urge. Oh, I felt it, yeah. And the pressure. Uh-huh. All of it. I felt all of that, which I was glad to feel that, you know, I had it in my head that when you had an epidural, you just didn't feel anything and you could hurt yourself or do things that you wouldn't want to do or you wouldn't know to move positions if something didn't feel good. But I felt those types of things and I knew to move myself if I didn't feel it was right and I could feel the urges and the pressure. So it helped me through, you know, the pushing because... I knew I needed to do it. And then as the baby started crowning, Naomi would show me a picture so that it would motivate me. We couldn't get a mirror. I guess the hospital was the busiest it had ever been when we oh, were wow. there. So All the mirrors were in use. <laughs> yeah, I guess all the mirrors were in use, so we couldn't get one. So Naomi would take a picture of the baby crowning and then show it to me like, you're so close, you're so close, just keep going, you'll get there. I remember at one point saying like, I can't do it. And she was like, you can though, you've been doing it, you're doing it, you know? Did the pictures help? The pictures did help because after a certain amount of time and so many pushes, you're like, is this baby actually coming down or is it still like way up there, you know? The pictures worth a million words. Yeah, it was. Did you reach down and feel your baby? I did, yeah. Did that help? That helped too, yeah, for okay. sure. And just being closer, I remember that was kind of one of my mantras, you know, each 
surge will bring me closer to my baby. And I had that in my head throughout my pregnancy that that would be a mantra of mine. And that's the one that worked the most. Did you? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Because you were like quasi medicated here. You're feeling some things, but not everything. Did you feel when you were crowning, when the baby stretched your perineum? Um, I did. Yeah, for sure. At that point, you know, I could feel definitely that things were stretching. I could feel that the baby was really close. And when the baby was like the head was halfway out, we stopped. There was no contraction. So I stopped and the baby was there and we had to wait for the next contraction. So at that point I could really feel it. There was so much pressure and I didn't feel that I was tearing, but I did feel that pain in the perineum. But you know, was it the ring it's all of relative. Fire? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard that expression before. I guess it could have been. I think if it was the edge was taken off a bit by the medication, but I did feel it. And then once that next contraction came, at that one next push, the baby came out. So it wasn't that I got the head out and then I needed to wait again. The head was halfway out out. and then the whole baby came out. Uh, Who caught? Jeffrey did. And he was nervous that he was going to like be squeamish for that part. But he kind of talked himself into it and said, you know, this is my one chance to catch my baby and he did and it was beautiful and he's the one that got to tell me that it was a boy Uh and bring it to my chest yeah it was the most beautiful moment in my life and you know after all that pushing (laughs) 42 hours later from when my water broke it was all just like a blur at that point none of it mattered like immediately yeah immediately and the baby was on my chest and I was like, oh, my little boy. Um, his coloring was off, like when he was on my chest and they ended up having to take him and put him on the warmer for a minute and make sure that his oxygen was okay. So he did get taken away from me in that first few minutes, which was a bit frustrating for us because we wanted him to be on us for that first hour. But of course, anything to keep the baby safe. And then once the baby was fine, Naomi advocated for me and said, the mother would like the baby back on her chest now. And we were able to have our time. And it was just so, so incredible. There's nothing that can explain the feelings that go through your body after all. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Exactly. How are the uh, first 10 days of motherhood? Um, it's been a ride. (laughs) We ended up staying in the hospital longer than we hoped to because they were monitoring the baby for infection because the water had been broken and then the labor was so long. So they were monitoring him for that and for jaundice. So we stayed an extra night. And then when we came home, you know, it's like relearning everything again, the hospital you know, you, there's no sense of time or anything there because everybody's in and out all night long. But when we got home, it was just kind of introducing him to our pets and just really, you know, those first couple of nights having zero sleep at all. He was completely nocturnal and didn't sleep a wink. And therefore, I did not sleep a wink for those first couple of nights. But we're getting our groove now. We're learning each other. He's teaching me something new every day. He's changing every day. (laughs) 
but the coolest experience. And, you know, I'm so grateful to be a mom. It makes me emotional <laughs> to even talk about, but she's very, very special. <laughs> Such a cutie. Uh, I mean, one important question are how are the pets adapting to <laughs> Well, our dog Wrigley seems very protective of him. He'll come over and lay right next to him. And when he's crying, he'll come by and kind of just like sit there and make sure he's okay. But our cat, on the other hand, I think wants him to go away. And uh, <laughs> jealous cat. Yeah, he's not a fan. Um, he's pretty scared of the crying. <laughs> he's a skittish cat to begin with, but I think he's having a bit of trouble adjusting. And then, you know, the attention is a bit different. <laughs> I would imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> it might be too soon for this question. <laughs> But should you have another baby down the road, <laughs> has this experience changed what you would plan for a future birth? I think so, in a way, because it was such a long labor and I didn't progress naturally on my own. Because, you know, the way we talked about it before was that I would love to do a home birth if this one goes as planned and things work out. So, I guess I would question kind of my body's ability the next time around to progress naturally the way I would want it to if I were to do a home birth. But, you know, our experience in the hospital was great. I feel like I had three different birth stories because I <laughs> labored at home and then I labored at the hotel and then I went to the hospital. Yeah, I did the whole natural thing, but I just didn't finish it out that way. How big was the at birth? He was eight six. Oh, that's a boy. healthy baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeff and I were both big babies too. Maybe so it's I all those dates or uh, yeah, who knows what. The cookies and the cake, maybe. <laughs> oh, that might have contributed. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, you're amazing. Congratulations to you Thank guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm so happy for you. My cheeks hurt just listening to you. Tell the <laughs> story with this big smile on my face. Thank you're you. an amazing person. I really feel honored to have worked with you and you know, just got to find you employment in a field that you love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. And thanks for listening to us here at Informed Pregnancy. If you want to connect, visit us online at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-A-N.